When it comes to investing, retirement, taxes, healthcare, and estate planning, the decisions you make today can greatly affect the quality of life for you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight and unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your retirement and financial future. Good news. You found the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. Grant is the founder of Dorhout Retirement Services, and he's been guiding people financially and into retirement for nearly 20 years. So get ready for an hour of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. It's time for the Retirement Blueprint. And now, here are your hosts, Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shea. Good morning and welcome to the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. On today's show, we're going to be talking about five strategies you need to know if we enter into a recession, what to consider this Medicare open enrollment season, also protecting yourself from market volatility in retirement and nervously nearing retirement. Well, we've got four do's, four don'ts, and one never to talk about. My name is Jeff Shade and I'm just here to ask the questions, but of course, of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Grant Dorhout, founder and wealth advisor of Dorhout Retirement Services right here in Omaha. Hey, Grant, how you doing this morning? I'm doing wonderful. It was awesome to sleep with the windows open again last oh, night. Oh, yeah. Feeling refreshed this morning. It's a wonderful time of year. One of my favorites. Yeah, I really enjoy this time of year, too, because the frost is on the pumpkin. We've had a little mm-hmm. frost here. At least I think we've had some frost in some of the outlying areas. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm with you. The leaves beginning to turn and nothing but good things ahead of us here as far as the holidays go. So really enjoying this time of the year. Well, Grant, let's talk about some things that are in the news. I saw that the producer price index says that inflation is up at least as far as they're concerned, 2.2%, and that is the biggest increase since April. Producer price index, how does that differ from consumer price index? Yeah, that's an interesting point that most people don't actually think about is how much does it cost those that we are purchasing things from? How much does it cost them to start producing the goods. I was actually, I was at a local restaurant and I was talking with one of the managers just, I think it was two days ago, and I said something about the prices and how they were increasing. And he said, yeah, actually, I know people are frustrated with this on the consumer side, but from us producing this and actually putting this out to you, one of these items that he pointed out, he said it was up 50% in the last wow. three years, 50%. And we're actually in this producer price index, you know, it's actually at 2.2%, like you just said. So that's a little relief from what this gentleman was telling me, but yeah, that's that is something concerning that we have to look forward to from the consumer price index standpoint. In the recent past, inflation in general has gone down for the consumer, but it appears to be ticking back up again. I would imagine that certainly we are nowhere near out of the woods yet. Are we, Grant? I don't see it changing anytime soon. Yes, it's looking a little bit better right now. It looks like at the end of August, we were at 3.7%, I think was the number for the last 12 months ending in August. I know that it's going down, but we still aren't at the end yet of them raising interest rates. And that tells me that they see that some more inflation is coming. Obviously, nothing's guaranteed, but I don't see it being done by the end of the year, unfortunately. And the Fed, as far as its last meeting goes, paused interest rate hikes, but I understand that there may be another quarter point interest rate hike, 25 basis points, by the time that the end of the year comes. And right now, mortgage rates, I mean, they're over 8% at this point. Have you seen that, Grant? I don't believe I've seen that in my adult life. And that's kind of crazy to think. You know, I talk to people all the time about different ways to think about taxes and and taxes down the road and how we know what to predict and how we don't know what to predict. And and one of the things was looking back at when people had their mortgage rates in the 80s and now we're 40 years later, you looked at, you know, back then it's 10, 15% for their mortgage rates. And, you know, then they dipped down into the fours and threes and twos. And now they're popping back up in the last year, year and a half because these inflation numbers. They have to get these things under control. It is a little bit concerning for what's coming for the mortgage market and for the housing market. Obviously, we don't know how long these interest rates are going to stay at eight. I actually was talking with a friend of mine that's a mortgage banker uh, last week, and and they were actually predicting that these mortgage interest rates by the end of the year could get up to 10%, which tells wow. me that they see these increases continuing from the Fed. And that that's what I was talking about a little bit ago. They did say, though, that they anticipate anticipate some relief after the first of the year. Obviously, there's a lot of room to debate with how much relief that will be. Maybe relief will get be getting it back down to 9 or 8 or even 7%. But I wouldn't get used to 
I wouldn't be anticipating that you're going to get a three or four, or even a 5% mortgage anywhere in the near future. Yeah, I did some calculations last night. Let's say you borrowed around $300,000. I mean, your payment went up $900 from 3% to 8%. So that has priced a lot of people out of the market. And for those people who are looking to sell properties or sell houses to people who need mortgages, it really puts them in a bad situation. I read a lot. I see a lot on the internet, Grant. And, you know, like you said, some people say, well, the housing market is going to turn around. Others say that it's not going to turn around. I hear that a recession is here, that it's going to be deep. Others say that the recession is not here yet. Some say it's going to be a soft landing. I get 180 degrees diametrically opposed opinions. When you look Mm -hmm. at these things in the media and you talk to your clients about this, I mean, there's so much noise out there. How would you distinguish what is real and what is not and what's behind these diametrically opposed opinions? Yeah, that's we were talking about this a little bit while we were off the air. You know, when you see some different opinions, you got to start thinking about, okay, what are they trying to is there anything behind it that maybe there's a theme around like, oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. Let's go factual. Okay, right now we actually are in a pretty good spot economically. And part of that is because the American consumer is so strong. Now, there's benefits and negatives to that. When we start looking at retirement, when I say the consumer is strong, it makes our labor market strong. It helps our employers. It helps our businesses. It helps everyone along the way. The negative part to that is our consumer is strong because we spend so much money. Now, it's kind of a double-edged thing there, double-edged sword where, okay, this sounds really, really good. The consumer is strong, but we still do have plenty of cash. If you look at where our debt is, where our consumer debt is, a lot of people are alarmed at it. It's actually not at an alarming rate uh, if you look at the numbers. So I'm not concerned at this point about a recession in the immediate term. Now, these rising mortgage rates, I've said this for several months, that these rising mortgage rates, I'm still baffled that we haven't seen a cool off in our value of these homes that are selling. Right. I'm, I'm just I'm surprised that that hasn't happened yet. I anticipate that at some point, maybe once we hit nine or ten percent mortgage rates, and now all of a sudden our mortgage that we thought we could buy a three or a four or five hundred thousand dollar house. If someone was going to buy a five hundred thousand dollar house, what if all of a sudden they can't buy? They have to look at a three hundred thousand dollar house, and they're sitting in a home that's actually better than that home. That's going to force people to stay in the current home that they are at. I anticipate that that probably will happen, but it's not in the immediate term, in my opinion. Yeah, and that is interesting, as you said, that with mortgage rates going up, the housing price is not coming down at least yet. And as I said, there are so many different opinions out there. I mean, how do you sort through all of this stuff? I sort of theorize that this is a suspension of critical thinking and that people just take for face value what they hear in the mm-hmm. news. Absolutely. I uh, I was talking about this with you off the air as well, that, you know, we we're talking about that book, Modern Retirement Strategies, that I was a part of. And part of what I was talking about in that book, it rings true right now. If you have a bit of information, and it doesn't matter what the topic is, if if it's all good or all bad all the time, you have to start thinking, okay, what is the agenda? Like if we have a political figure and whether it be any of them, it doesn't matter if they're Republican or Democrat, if the news is telling you only bad things about one person, you have to start thinking to yourself, wait a minute, is there any person in history that there's only been bad? There, Everyone has some positives. So you have to start thinking about these things in what type of light that it's being painted, in my opinion, that, you know, if, if it's, okay, this is recession, this is recession, this is recession, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible. Well, you got to think from the news standpoint, if the news station said, hey, you know what, everything looks good for the next six, eight months, check back with us then. Yeah. Well, there's no reason to tune in tomorrow. And they all want ratings, of course. So start thinking in those ways that, hey, okay, what is factual? What is logical? And if you start having fear mongering that's out there, I anticipate quite a bit of it this coming year because it's a presidential election year and it seems like it's happened since I was born that all of a sudden, okay, this is so horrible. If this one person gets in or if this one person doesn't get in, it's going to be the worst or the best thing ever. It's not either of those things. We need to calm down and actually analyze the facts and move forward from there. 
There are very few unbiased news outlets these days. In the old days, before you were born, there was Walter Cronkite, mm-hmm. who was, uh, yep. you know, the most trusted man in America. And it was supposedly unbiased news. But today, we've got our CNNs, we've got our Foxes, our MSNBCs, and everything seems to be some sort of bias in one way or another. But getting back to mm-hmm. my original point, I think there is a suspension of critical thinking. And when you hear something, take it at face value, but do a little research to determine at least for your purposes what's true and what is is not true. We're talking with Grant Dorhout here of Dorhout Retirement Services. We touched on current events a little bit, and as I said, we do want to talk about some strategies you need to know if we enter into recession. We're going to be doing that in just a moment. But in the meantime, if you want to get in and sit down with Grant and get your retirement blueprint, your peace in retirement blueprint with Grant, there's no cost and there's no obligation for this. Just a friendly conversation between you and Grant to put you on a path to get you to retirement. Again, no cost, no obligation, no judgment. That number to call 402-281-0750. You can call it right now if you want. 402-281-0750 for your complimentary and no obligation peace in retirement blueprint. You can also request it online at DorhoutRetirementServices.com. That's D-O-R-H-O-U-T RetirementServices.com. Want more strategies to support the quality of life you want for 30 plus years? Stick around. There's more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout in just a moment. You can't start a trip you've never taken without a plan. And you can't start your retirement journey without a comprehensive plan to get there safely. To request your no-cost, no-obligation Dorhout Retirement Roadmap, call 402-281-0750. Or request it online at DorhoutRetirementServices.com. Now, back to more of Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shade. We're so glad you decided to include us in your fall weekend here in 1290 KOIL, News Talk 1290, that is. You're listening to the Retirement Blueprint, of course, Grant Dorhout, Jeff Shade. And we're talking about a recession here and the possibility of a recession. Last segment, Grant, of course, for those listeners who didn't hear that part, we talked about the diametrically opposed opinions as to whether or not we're in a recession. In this part of the program, I want to talk about five strategies you need to know if we do enter into a recession. Grant, historically speaking, when those in the trucking industry start losing their jobs, a recession typically follows. Now, it happened in 1990, 2000, 2008, 2020. But as I understand it, trucking employment is currently falling off a cliff. If we enter into recession, what do you think investors need to know to weather an upcoming recession? Yeah, you actually don't. A lot of people don't know that in the last just few months, I believe it was the last three months, if I uh, if I had my numbers correct, that we lost about twenty three thousand three hundred jobs that are in the in the trucking industry. Wow. So that might not sound like a big deal because there's millions of people employed, but we went from one million six hundred seven thousand to one million five hundred eighty four thousand from June twenty twenty three through September twenty twenty three, and that that I got straight from the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics. So anyone can look those numbers up to see that that's true. So Now, are we really concerned about that? We covered that in the last segment. I'm not super concerned in the immediate, but you know, the the American economy is like turning around a train. It takes a little bit for these things to happen. And that's why I said also with the mortgages that that might be the tipping point, but that's a few months down the road, in my opinion. So let's dive into the five strategies that you need to know in case we do go into recession. What would you say would be the first piece of advice that you would give people? First one's pretty simple that if you are nearing retirement, you need to dollar cost average if you haven't been. Like some people will say, hey, you know what, I'm going to put my my deposit in for my IRA, my, my contribution. I'm going to do that once a year. I'm going to do it on one day. If we're going into a recession, if we're going through that recession, I would encourage people to spread that out monthly and then just start dollar cost averaging into the market so that you're buying in lower and lower if the market does start going down possibly next year. And Grant, for those people who do not know what dollar cost averaging is, can you explain it a little bit? Yeah, it's it's very simple. You're always buying that if the market's going up or if the market's going down, I'm dollar cost averaging. So then my average over time is going to be on average, it's going to be a lower amount that we buy in. Some months I might buy in high, but the next month I might buy in low. And if the market's going down month after month after month, I'm buying lower and lower and lower. Inevitably, the market eventually will come back. We don't know how long it'll take, but eventually it'll come back so that the, the ones that you bought higher, well, that's still going to be a good amount that you purchased for it, but the average will be lower as the market goes down. What is the second thing that we can do? 
you got to make sure that your portfolio consists of uncorrelated assets, in my opinion. If you're looking at things like real estate, alternatives, if we have annuities in there, if we have certain types of ETFs, do we have exposure to gold and silver? Is that something that you like or something that you want? All of those things are important, and, it's, and you have to make sure that you're not ignoring certain classes. I've been doing a certain amount of analysis for people, and I see a ton of people that are predominantly in large cap growth. And that's fine for when when we're booming, but we want to have some exposure to some other aspects as well so that if large cap growth is, is in a big downturn, we're not going in that big downturn with that one asset in that one area. So when we talk about uncorrelated assets, I would imagine that what you mean is assets that do not perform the same. I mean, they don't go up or down mm-hmm. in lockstep. Yeah. So when I'm looking at that, I'm also including alternatives. If you look at certain structured notes, you know, you can you can gain some different exposure and different type of protection from a downside risk in the market. But you also can utilize annuities while that annuity may follow the S&P 500. It doesn't have the risk of a downside of the S&P 500 if you're using a certain type of an annuity. So those are ways that you can actually get away from just, hey, having all of my money, 50, 60, 70 percent in large cap growth. I just did an analysis yesterday. I had one person that they had 27% of their entire nest egg, their entire portfolio was in Apple. Now, Apple has performed wonderfully, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to have that much exposure to one particular stock because then I will bring people back to a time when people thought BP was a phenomenal stock to own because it had a great appreciating stock. It had a great dividend. And then that oil spill, we had a huge drop in the stock and canceled the dividend. So what they were owning it for overnight changed. Do I see that with Apple? Not really. But I also don't know how how many people said, you know what, I know that there's going to be an oil spill for BP. So you have to be very careful with how you're allocated. We're talking about five strategies you need to know if we enter into recession with Grant Dorhout here of Dorhout Retirement Services. First one, of course, was going to be dollar cost averaging into the market, then investing in uncorrelated assets, assets that do not rise and fall in a lockstep fashion. What would be the third strategy, Grant? Having income generating assets is very simple one. So if you have a pension, if you have uh, if you have something that is uh, social security, if you have annuities that are paying out, having these income generation assets, also having your stocks that are going to be dividend paying stocks, and you might even have income paying notes that are out there, having those things that you always have that income coming in on a monthly basis so that you know that you are always having something come in, whether the market's going up or down. That's very important going into retirement. Grant, can you give me some examples of income generating assets, some other examples? Yeah. So if you look at certain dividend paying stocks, I, I personally like, I like it when a company is going to share their profits. I like them giving cash. Then I can decide whether or not I want to reinvest that in the market or if I want to go spend that on a car. Also, you could utilize certain types of annuities. You could do an immediate annuity where you give a company a specific amount of money and then they're going to pay you an income for a specified period of time or possibly for the rest of your life. There's plenty of different types of annuities that will do that. Now, be careful with what type you go into because some of them are much less expensive than others and they actually can generate a higher yield or a higher amount of income that is going to come off of that particular asset. And you mentioned cars there. Rarely are cars income generating assets. I mean, cars pretty much go down in value the moment that you drive them off the lot. There are some Mm -hmm. cars you may see in the Barrett-Jackson auctions that are income generating assets. But for the most part, cars are not an asset. Boats are not an asset either. Grant, what is number four in these five strategies to uh, use if we have a recession? This one's a pretty simple one for us to say right now because we're not in a free fall like March of 2020. I encourage people to have a plan so that you don't have to react to the market. If the market is falling, what you're going to see is most people react emotionally. And that's because, not because that money is emotional, but because if someone has a million dollars that they see going down to 900, 800, 700,000, Typically, we're not going to see the fact that those dollars are gone. We're going to have an emotional connection to what it took us to build that. And we look at the fact that, hey, I missed my kid's ball game for this. I worked overtime for this. I went through this job that I maybe didn't even like to build this money up. And now it's evaporating based on things that I can't control. So I encourage people to have a plan so you don't have to react to the market. It's easy to say don't react to the market, 
My response to that is having a plan so that we don't have to react to the market. If you have a properly constructed income and retirement and investment plan, if you have that properly constructed, we don't have to react to the market negatively in in a downfall. Timing the market, not good. Time in the market. Now that is good, even in a mm-hmm. recession. We're talking about strategies to combat a recession here with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services. That recession that uh, may or may not be on the horizon. And Grant, what would be the final one here? Invest in quality companies that you understand. You have to understand your plan. I met with someone just last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, when I was asking them certain questions about what income generators they had, or what money they had coming out, or or what was invested in in certain aspects. They 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 had very little, the very little knowledge of what was actually in there, and I, and that was a little bit concerning to me. Not that they have to be an industry expert. I'm not encouraging anyone to be that. However, investing in things that you understand. If you don't understand understand you probably shouldn't invest in it. And that's what if people understand stocks, they understand Berkshire B or Berkshire A if they can afford it. If they like that, they I encourage them to invest in those types of things. If they if they like the fact that ETFs can give them a different type of broad diversification if they package certain ETFs together. Or if someone says, you know what, I just want one mutual fund to give me the diversification and they're they're willing to accept the increased cost for what's inside of a mutual fund. If you understand it, that's going to give you a lot of comfort in retirement if you're invested in the market. Grant, do you find that sometimes people will invest in companies that they do not understand? They just believe the hype and they think, well, anything that's AI, you know, is going to be good. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? Oh, I've seen that tons of times. I had a couple of years ago, one of my friends, he was telling me about SPACs that were big. They were all the rage back then. And I just said, you know what? Hey, if you want to get into some of those, that's totally fine. But, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen inside of that market. But if you think you understand it enough, that's totally fine. Well, lo and behold, those SPACs, a lot of them actually, they came to market and they had their initial public offering and they, they, <laughs> they all of a sudden they took over their new ticker symbols and a lot of them absolutely tanked and there was no way to actually see that that was going to happen. So I encourage people to just do a little bit of extra research. Just make sure that you're in something that you're going to be comfortable with that you know is going to be there years into the future. And I've heard this term used, blue chip stocks. What are those? So some common examples of blue chip stocks is going to be market leaders. They're things like IBM. Uh, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, things that you know that they're companies that they have a long track record, they have steady growth, they typically are going to have low volatility. You know, they might face challenges in the future, but, you know, based on their history, we're comfortable with, if history repeats itself, then we're comfortable with what the future looks like. That's going to be your examples of those blue chip stocks. And again, I want to point out that we are not suggesting that you buy those companies. These are just examples. Mm -hmm. You really have to do your own due diligence to decide what is right for you. So consider that all investments, no matter what they are, have some element of risk. We're talking with Grant Dorhout here of Dorhout Retirement Services right here in Omaha. We've been talking about five strategies you need to know if we enter into recession, and they are dollar cost averaging into the market, uncorrelated assets, focusing on income generating assets, Assets, don't react to the market and investing in quality companies that you understand. If you want to prepare your portfolio for a potential recession, then call us at 402-281-0750 right now so you can request your Peace in Retirement Blueprint. Will not cost you a dime, no cost and no obligation for that. It's just a very simple conversation with Grant to put you on a path to retirement. A retirement in which you not only survive, but you also thrive. Once again, it's not going to cost you a dime, but it could be a very important component in your journey towards retirement. Again, that number to call 402-281-0750. You can also request it online at DorhoutRetirementServices.com. That is D-O-R-H-O-U-T RetirementServices.com. Want more talk about sustaining your wealth and thriving in a retirement that could last 30 plus years? Stay tuned for more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout after this. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good, because it's time for more Retirement Blueprint with your financial Sherpas, Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shea. Grant, we've had some great conversations this morning. We've talked a little bit about current events. Also, we've talked about five strategies you need to know if we enter into recession. If you've missed any part of the program, remember we are also a podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcast. 
and search for The Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. You'll find this show and all of our past shows so you can stay on top of your path towards retirement. Grant, from now until I think about December the 7th, it is Medicare open enrollment period. You can't miss all those commercials that you're going to be hearing on the radio. You're going to be seeing on the internet. You're going to be seeing them on TV. What is the Medicare open enrollment period and why is it important for our listeners to know what this is all about? Yeah, so that's actually October 15 to December 7. So uh, every year you have an open enrollment period where you can go ahead and you can change your prescription drug plan for the following year. You have to be up on that. And a lot of people say, you know what, I'm just going to keep my prescription drug plan the same. And, you know, it did fine this past year. Well, you got to reassess that every single October 15 to December 7. The reason is that formulary can change. The prices can change. The, the coverage can change. They might have one of your drugs that drops off of their list. You don't know until you have someone run that analysis for you. That's the Part D plan, but the Part C, the Medicare Advantage program, you can reassess what that coverage is going to be for the following year as well and see if there's possibly a better coverage for you the following year. So with these Advantage plans that you see advertised on TV, these are private insurance companies, are they not? Yeah, there's four different parts to Medicare. Maybe I should cover that first. Part okay. A is the hospitalization on Medicare. And I think of that as the hospital bed. If you're going to stay overnight in the in the hospital, that's kind of how I correlate that. Part B is when we have people or we have outpatient services. That's the medical portion of Medicare. But if you choose to not have Medicare Part A and B, you're still going to have to pay the 164.90 unless you have a higher income where you're going to pay a higher premium. But you pay that 164.90 for the Part B of Medicare. If you choose, you don't have to have coverage from Part A and B. You can have coverage from Part C, and that's where the private insurance companies come in. You might have United Healthcare or Blue Cross Blue Shield or Humana or any one of them that you're going to see commercials for where you say, you know what, instead of having Part A and B and then possibly a private insurance pay along with A and B, I'm going to have Part C. I'm going to have just this plan, and I'm going to have possibly a lower premium than a Medicare supplement, but I'm also going to have possibly a higher out-of-pocket. It depends on what your health is going to be moving forward and what the restrictions are inside of that, whether it's a good thing or not. But yes, you are going from having Medicare A and B and then a supplement potentially over to a just having Part C in that Advantage program with whatever company you would choose. And I understand with Advantage plans, I mentioned they're private insurance companies. Would you be restricted to only going to doctors or medical providers that are within their network? Possibly. If you get a PPO or if you have an HMO or if you if you go outside of the coverage area, depends on what the travel restrictions are. You know, you may you may have a possibility that if you go to Arizona or if you go to Florida, that you don't have the same coverage that you have here in Nebraska. So you have to be very clear with what your intentions are on travel if you're going to go out of the area. But also that if you're going to go into a PPO organization, you can do that and you might be able to save some money by agreeing to that. But but understand that there will be restrictions on where you can go. You have to go to their network of their providers. And if your doctor isn't in that, don't be surprised if the coverage changed on you when you go to your doctor. I understand that you can transfer from the uh, traditional Medicare plan over to an Advantage plan quite easily, but can you transfer the other way? How difficult is it to go from an Advantage plan back to regular Medicare? Yeah, it depends on what your health is. So as you said, if you have Medicare parts A and B, and then you have a Medicare supplement, whether it be a plan G or a plan N or a high deductible plan G or any of those, and you say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go over to this Advantage program. There's no health questions. You can you can qualify rel- relatively simple for January 1 coverage. However, if you say, you know what, next open enrollment period, I didn't like this Advantage program. I'm going to go apply for another Medicare supplement. That wasn't the one that I was with before, you have to make sure that you're healthy enough to go into that one. So that could be problematic in the future if you if you say, you know what, I want to get out of this Advantage program. I'm going to go apply with Mutual of Omaha or Blue Cross Blue Shield or any of the companies that are out there that are having Medicare supplements. You got to make sure that you're healthy enough and that you can qualify based on that health. Well, it certainly can be confusing, these Medicare Advantage plans versus regular Medicare. Grant, is this something that you help people with regularly there at Doorhound Retirement Services? 
Yeah, pretty much every one of our clients that we have in, if they don't already have someone that they know and trust and like, we'll take care of their Medicare for them. We'll run their prescription drug plan for them between October 15 and December 7, and, and we'll help them get into the right spot there moving forward. And the same thing with the Medicare supplement. If someone has a Medicare supplement and they want to make sure that their premium's in line because they know that the coverage is the same with the different companies, we make sure that they're taken care of there. And then again, on the on the Advantage programs, we'll help them assess whether or not that that's the right direction for them moving forward. If it is, then we'll leave it. If it's not, then we'll we'll help them get out of those plans as well. I guess the best piece of advice that we can give to our listeners, Grant, is don't wait until the last minute, December the 7th. Mm-hmm. Do your due diligence now if you're even thinking about this. Find out what it's all about by giving Grant the team there a call at Doorhout Retirement Services. That number, 402-281-0750. It's 402-281-0750. Grant and the team will help you navigate this open enrollment period, which is now until December the 7th. You're listening to The Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. My name is Jeff Shade. And Grant, I want to shift gears here a little bit and discuss how we can protect ourselves in retirement against market crashes. Is market volatility on your mind? Well, if you're close to retirement or are already retired, it should be. So Grant, what would you say is the first step or how should people begin to think about protecting themselves against market crashes? You got to make sure you're properly diversified like we were talking about earlier and make sure that with those non-correlated assets, I highly encourage people to have things that are in retirement that aren't going to depreciate if the market goes down. And making sure that you're not all in one spot. I, I run into people all the time. They have all of one's particular asset type. And then they wonder why it doesn't work in certain markets. If you make sure that you have something that can't go down, and it doesn't matter if it's an annuity or if it's a CD or something like that, that you can rely on if the market goes down so you can let the market come back. I think that that is absolutely paramount for everyone in retirement. If you have something that you can rely on if the market's going down so you don't have to cancel that trip that you wanted to go on, I think that's extremely important. Grant, in a retirement the last 20, 30 years, how likely do you think it is that we're going to have several market crashes? I think it's highly likely that we have more than one. If you look over the last 20 or 30 years, how many times have we seen the market crash? You look at 2000, 2001, 2002. You look at the 16-month period from late 2007 through early 2009. You look at you know, just certain time periods in 2016, 18, 20. You know, even 2022, you know, think about how many times I just said, I think it's highly likely that we're going to see more than one. And we don't know when it's going to happen. So making sure that you're properly allocated to actually gear for that so that we don't have to change our retirement if and when that comes, I think is absolutely necessary. Well, I don't think that everyone's in agreement as to whether or not we're going to have a recession, whether we're in a recession, whether it's going to be a soft or a hard landing. Would you say that people just to be safe on the safe side would be looking more towards income producing assets and safe investments? I would think so. I mean, that just makes good common sense to me because if you are in all risk-based assets and let's say you have, let's say if someone has a million dollars and they're trying to take out $40,000 a year, you know, based on that 4% rule that we've talked about several times, well, what if that million dollars becomes 700000 If I could say, you know what, if I have some of that money that's set aside that's not going to lose, and it doesn't matter how much it is, if I have two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 in something that can't lose, well, then I'm in a better spot when that market goes down so that they don't have to tap into the depreciating asset at the wrong time. We don't want to sell potentially two shares when we could have only sold one. If we sold one to get into something that's safer and it can generate some income during a downturn fluctuation in the market, I think that makes good sense. And guaranteed sources of income during a recession. Of course, we know uh, about Social Security. We know about pensions and annuities, possibly even bonds, that sort of thing. So I think really having those things in place is a good hedge against a market downturn. Now, once the market downturn is over, then should you continue with these safe investments? I mean, should you always have some element of safe money Mm -hmm. in order to ensure that during the next market crash that you're going to be okay? Yeah, I think it makes good common sense because then we have a discussion. Let's say we have assets that are in the stock market and assets that are out of the stock market that we can pull from. It's a very simple conversation when we have people call and say, hey, I need $10,000 for this. Well, if the market's down, 
We take it from the assets that are not losing while that market is going down. But if the market's up, then we have a discussion and ask people, hey, you're, you're up this much in your portfolio that's in the stock market. You can either pull it from there or you can pull it from your safe assets. It's completely up to you if you want to pull some chips off the table, so to speak. We can take that from the market at that point. I like having options so that we don't ever have to really fret as to, okay, do we take it at all? Well, I want people to be able to enjoy their retirement. There's a reason that they've built these funds up. It's not to just see how big we can get that dollar amount by the end of their life. We want to make them enjoy their life and giving them those options, I think, helps them do that. Grant, you talked about maybe needing $10,000 for something. We all know that unexpected things happen no matter whether or not we're in a recession or not. That points Mm -hmm. to an emergency fund. In times of possibly an impending recession like we're in right now, would you suggest that that emergency fund be bigger than normal? In other words, what should you have in your emergency fund in times like these? I always have these different buckets where I'm looking, Jeff. We've talked about this part before. I don't know if people have heard this, but looking at a bucket of zero to two years, yes, I have my emergency fund in there because that's in the next six months. But I'm saying if I have to have my income taken care of for the next two years, that's in that time frame. Well, then I have three to five year money as well, five to 10 and then 10 plus. Well, if we have these all segmented out so that year by year, I can just move them from bucket to bucket. I think that makes people, gives them a different sense of security, whether it be guaranteed lifetime income, or if we're doing, you know, just systematic withdrawals from our investments, having that set aside for that next two year period is absolutely paramount, making sure that your retirement plan, giving people the peace in retirement that they deserve. And Grant, we've talked before about an emergency fund being maybe four to six months of uh, liquid cash. Now, we're not talking about, you know, taking dollar bills and putting them in a safe box, you know, in your closet (laughs) or something like that. When you talk about that first bucket, which would house the emergency fund, we're talking about liquid assets, but not necessarily cash. So what sort of forms would we put this money into? I'm encouraging everyone to look at these money market accounts or online savings accounts where you can get four or five percent for that money to sit there until you need it. And if you don't need it, you're you're earning a respectable rate of return. You know, that the times when that was a little bit difficult was a few years ago when these online savings were paying a quarter of a percent or a half a percent, kind of like your bank savings is paying you probably 0.1 percent now. You can do much better than that if you utilize certain money market accounts. Uh, we can help people with that or or they can utilize online savings savings with a whole host of different companies out there. Grant, if our listeners have questions about protecting themselves from market volatility in retirement, I want to remind them that you can request your no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment Doorhout Retirement Services Review, our Peace in Retirement Blueprint, if you will, by calling 402-281-0750. It's 402-281-0750. You can do it right now. When you call, you'll get a friendly voice on the other end of the line. More than likely, Lisa will gather some basic information from you, then set you up with a conversation with Grant to create a path towards a successful retirement. Now, remember, it's not going to cost you a dime, but it could uncover some blind spots that, when addressed, may help improve your quality of life at retirement that could last as long as 30 years. Now, I want to point out, you can call right now if you want, 402-281-0750. Leave your information there. Lisa will call you back, and she will set you up with an appointment with Grant. And as I said, there's not a cost to this at all. It's not going to cost you a dime. There is no obligation, and certainly there is no judgment, just a friendly conversation between you and Grant to put you on a path to retirement, which you not only survive, but you also thrive. Once again, that number, 402-281-0750. You can also request your Peace in Retirement Blueprint online at DoorhoutRetirementServices.com. That's D-O-R-H-O-U-T RetirementServices.com. Want more straight talk and honest answers about your wealth management and retirement journey? Stay with us. There's more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout here. We're back with more strategies for a successful retirement. This is the Retirement Blueprint. Once again, here's Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shea. We are so glad you decided to include us in your weekend plans. Of course, we're the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. We're on the radio for you each and every week for your fiscal fitness and your financial education. And in this segment, Grant, I want to talk about four do's, four don'ts, and one never when it comes to your retirement. That is an interesting title there. So let's kick it off by talking about one of the first do's that you do want to do when it comes Mm -hmm. to your retirement. Grant, I'll let you take it from there. 
Yeah, so you have to know how much income you're going to need from your investments and when you're going to need it. If you're planning a $20,000 trip in the third year of retirement, you have to plan for that. You have to make sure that you have that accounted for. You also have to plan for certain health care expenses, whether you are knowing they're going to happen or not. You have to plan for them, see how much you're going to need to take from those investments on a monthly basis, figure out how much your Social Security is, figure out how much your pensions are figure out any other retirement income that you might have. Are we receiving an inheritance? I've had people come in and they're like, hey, yeah, I got this inheritance payout from my aunt or my uncle. It's $50,000 a year for the next 10 years. Well, then once that runs out, what are we going to do to fill in that gap? How much are we going to need from them as investments and when? So Grant, knowing how much income you'll need from your investments and when you need to take it, but how do you determine how much money you'll need from your investments? Being realistic, first off, I have people all the time that they they come to me and they're making $100,000 and they say, well, in retirement, I think I'm good with $60,000. Well, if you're living on $100,000 and if we're not putting a robust amount of money in savings on a monthly basis, you probably can't live on $60,000 in retirement. So be realistic with yourself. Do the math problem accurately. Say, you know what? I'm actually making 100000 This is how much I'm putting towards taxes. This is how much I'm putting towards 401k. This is how much my spouse is doing of the same. Well, then figuring out what the net number is and then going into retirement in the exact same way. How much of your Social Security is taxable? Do you have a pension? Do you have tax-free or taxable retirement assets? Figuring all of those things. You might be making $100,000 at work and be able to get by with, say, having 90 or 85,000 as a gross, depending on what your taxation is. But you have to be realistic about that. Don't think that you're going to be able to take a 40% reduction in your retirement income when you get there, because you're not going to be able to have fun then. And we want, we want retirement to be fun. Absolutely. Talking about the uh, do's, don'ts, and never when it comes to retirement. Let's continue with the do's here. Uh, Grant, what is number two? Do turn out the noise. Uh, <laughs> you have to tune out that noise. There's a lot of industry quote unquote experts that are out there that are going to say things about retirement planning. And, and a lot of times what I've heard is I've heard a lot of people just trying to scare people into action. And you have to tune that out and see if these things actually, if they actually pertain to you. If you're sitting at home all day and, and watching Fox Business or Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, CNBC, just know that you're not going to have the most positive news. You're not going to have the most positive things, and that's going to get you in a frame of mind that's going to make you worry, possibly unnecessarily through retirement. So I just say, hey, you know what? Let's focus on things that actually pertain to us, that actually are going to make a difference to us and for us throughout our retirement. Let's focus on those things. And the other stuff, let's just let it be what it is, because we can't control a lot of that stuff that those news outlets are going to give us anyway. Yeah, there is no shortage of experts when it comes to retirement planning, and there's no one size fits all solutions. Your retirement plan really should be tailored to fit your individual needs. So number two is do tune out the noise. What is the number three do, Grant? Got to prepare for your unexpected. I mean, there's all kinds of unexpected things that we have to have emergency funds for. Whether it, I don't know how old your roof is on your house, but if you're entering retirement with a 20-year roof, if you've had a, that same roof for the last 20 years, you may want to plan for that expense in the next 10 years. Uh, you also have to plan for healthcare expenses that you can't see coming. And that's part of that Medicare assessment that we were talking about earlier. Well, how can we mitigate what that potential out-of-pocket is in that unexpected realm? We can mitigate that a lot from the healthcare standpoint by having the right coverage in retirement, making sure that you have the peace of mind and having that peace in retirement that people are needing. You have to prepare for that unexpected that's uh, that's going to be present. I know that we cannot factor in for the next 20 years to be exactly like the last 20 years. So seeing what that unexpected is going to be and planning for is absolutely key. Yeah, it's inevitable that roofs are going to go bad, water heaters are going to go bad, air conditioners are going to mm -hmm. stop working. So again, we talked about having money in an emergency fund and in such a thing as a high yield savings account, very, very important to mitigate preparing for the unexpected that is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Talking about four dues, uh, if you're nearing retirement, Grant, what is the fourth one? got to keep your plan on track. You do keep your plan on track. You have to. And and part of that is I like to go through with, uh, with our clients. And if someone has this with their advisor, they should go through that plan regularly with that advisor. If we have a plan and we're not reviewing it to make sure we don't need to make adjustments at least once a year, 
we have a problem because it's kind of like if you say, you know what, I changed my oil in my vehicle here three, four, five, six, seven, eight months ago, and I put 8,000 miles on it. It's still working though. Yeah, it might be working now, but we don't know that that's going to happen unless we do the proper maintenance. And you have to do the same thing with your retirement plan. You have to review it regularly, make sure that of anything that you see that is changing or could possibly change. I've had plenty of people that we go through this with. I just had one that they went through, hey, you know, we have this potential medical expense in the next two months, but then beyond that, we should be good and should be able to get back on track. Those are very important things to go through with your trusted advisor and make sure that they're aware of changes in your life so that we can make changes for your finances so that your plan stays on track for the future. So the four do's if you're nearing retirement is do know how much income you'll need from your investments when you need it. Do tune out the noise. Do prepare for the unexpected and do keep your plan on track. Okay, Grant, now for the don'ts. What is the number one don't? Number one is don't ignore inflation. Uh, we talked about inflation earlier in this show, but I want to make sure that people are factoring in inflation all years of their retirement. It is astounding to me how big that number gets if you just say, hey, you know what, I'm going to do X amount of inflation. I'm going to do it for the next 30 years. Well, if I do that, you know, people say, well, there's no way I could spend $200,000 a year when I'm 80 years old. Well, let's look 30 years ago. If you look in the early 90s, what was your living expenses at that point? How much could you live on in the early 90s, really, versus today? And back in the early 90s, you're not spending as much as you are today. And back in the early 90s, a lot of people that are listening to this probably had kids and they're raising a young family. So it's going to get to be a very large number. So you have to factor that in for your retirement plan. If you don't, I believe it's a colossal mistake. So don't ignore inflation. And Grant, what's the next don't? Don't overlook the fees that you're paying. When I look at fees, a lot of people think, well, that's my advisor fee. Well, that's true. Yeah, your advisor's gonna get paid a certain amount, but you also have to look at the internal costs that are inside of certain investments, whether it be a mutual fund or the sub accounts inside of annuities, You know, the different types of annuities that are out there. If you have a variable annuity or an indexed annuity or a fixed annuity or a single premium immediate annuity, you're gonna see drastically different costs that are inside of those annuities. And you have to have that assessed. If people have annuities that are out here listening to this, I encourage you to make sure you have a robust analysis done of everything that you are paying inside of those annuities, but also the advisor fees. You know, is your advisor fee 1%? Is it 1.5%? Is the total cost of your overall expenses, is it 1? Is it 2? Is it 3? I've seen people come in that they didn't even have, a, have an advisor on a particular asset that they brought to me, and we saw nearly 5% in total cost that was internal on that particular investment. That's something that people should be aware of and make sure that those things are in line with what their retirement goals are. We're talking about the four do's, the four don'ts, and the one never. If you're nervously nearing retirement, don't ignore inflation. Don't overlook the fees that you're paying. And Grant, what is the third don't? Don't chase the sizzle. There's always something out there. I do retirement seminars. I do dinner seminars. I do certain college classes I've done in the past. I find that a lot of people are out there. They're actually coming there looking for the new silver bullet. There isn't one, okay? There, there isn't a silver bullet out there. A lot of the stuff that stayed the same, but a lot of the things that have changed, it's not flashy changes, okay? I've had people call in. I had one guy, he called in a while back. He said, hey, I want the safest investment possible and I want to make 15% per year. Well, that, that's a tall task. I mean, that that's one of those things that I think he's chasing a sizzle. And we can't really rely on something that's going to give us 15%. This isn't the 80s where we could get CDs at 15%. That's just not out there at this point. So don't chase the sizzle. Make sure you're not chasing after things that you really you can't rely on. So as the old saying goes, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is not true. So let's get to the fourth mm -hmm. don't here. Grant, what is number four? Don't get emotional. And I know that's easy for me to say on this side of the microphone. However, I want you all to hear this. If you have the properly constructed retirement plan, you can have a plan that gives you that peace in retirement that I believe everyone is looking for. And if you don't have that plan, you leave yourself open to getting emotional. If we have too much risk or too little risk or too little income, all of these things, if we don't have a properly constructed retirement plan, we're going to leave ourselves open to getting emotional 
national if we have another pandemic like we had in 2020, where we had a massive drop in the market, or if we have the, the whole year of 2022, where we see stocks and bonds go down more than 10%. We leave ourselves open to getting emotional if we don't factor for these things and make sure that if they happen, we have a plan to get through them. That's how we don't get emotional is we have a properly constructed plan. So I encourage people all to have that. Emotions, fear, greed, pride, regret, etc. They are the enemies of an otherwise solid retirement plan. So those are the four don'ts, Grant. Let's talk about the one never. What is the one never that we want to avoid? The hot tip. Oh. There's always one out there. I had yeah. I had a client this week. They actually called in and they said that they wanted to take all of their money and they wanted to put it towards this thing. They saw a 45-minute presentation on the internet and it was talking about the political environment. It was talking about how we're going to have these massive changes in our financial system and we're going to have this colossal collapse that we were going to have. And this was this video I watched it for them and it was it was a lot of fear-mongering and it was something that was geared toward getting them to act like I was talking about before. But this hot tip, yeah, it may or may not happen. A lot of it was very, very far-fetched. And if you're along the same political views as what this individual was, you may be tempted to believe these things and completely derail your retirement if they would go through with these things. Now, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but this was one of the hot tips that I've seen over and over and over again. We've seen it in the past. We'll see it in the future. If it's something that is like that the entire United States economy is going to collapse, I would take pause on that hot tip and I would say, you know what, let's get some other advice. Let's see how other authority figures or financial advisors or your accountant or your lawyer or other people that might have some insight, what they think about those things before we act on something that we see on the internet, that new hot tip. And to that end, Grant, I think about the economist and the author Thomas Sowell, who once said, when you want to help people, you tell them the truth. When you want to help yourself, you tell them what they want to hear. So Mm -hmm. never pursue the hot tip. We've been talking about four do's, four don'ts, and one never when it comes to retirement planning. Those do where do know how much income you'll need from your investments and when you'll need it. Do tune out the noise. Do prepare for the unexpected. Do keep your plan on track. The don'ts, don't ignore inflation, don't overlook the fees you're paying, don't chase the sizzle, don't get emotional, and the never is never pursue the hot tip. Once again, if you have questions about anything that we've talked about on our show today, you want to get in and sit down with Grant, you can get your Peace and Retirement Blueprint very simply by calling 402-281-0750. Not going to cost you a dime, but it could be the most important call you'll make all year when it comes to your finances. Once again, no cost, no obligation for this. Highly encourage you to spend this time with Grant. It's about a 15, 20-minute conversation. You can have it in person. You can have it by phone. You can have it on Zoom. 402-281-0750 is the number to call. You can do it this weekend. If you'd like, leave your information. Lisa will call you back on Monday and set up an appointment that's convenient for you and Grant. Once again, 402-281-0750. You can also request it online at doorhotretirementservices.com, D-O-R-H-O-U-T, retirementservices.com. Well, Grant, we're out of time for this week. I want to certainly thank you for your time, but most of all, I want to thank the fine people here of the greater Omaha area for joining us. For Grant Doorhot, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great fall weekend. It is a great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk again next week with another edition of the Retirement Blueprint right here on News Talk 1290, COIL. The opinions voiced in the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout are for general information and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Examples provided are hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Investing in an alternative investment may only be suitable for persons who are able to assume the risk of losing a portion or all of their entire investment. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any investment and does not consider the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Jeff Shade and show guests are not affiliated with CWM LLC. 